0: somewhere down in texas and tonight we're going to be talking about or answering the question do miracles still happen today we read about miracles in the bible from cover to cover so a lot of christians have that question do miracles still happen today and uh please be sure to join us next week when we jump into the topic and discuss the difference between the local church versus the universal church uh that topic is actually not gonna be as interesting and exciting as it sounds. It's actually gonna be quite dull. So we'll see what we can do to spice that up next week. So uh, Caleb, here's my first question for you. Why do so many Christians in America today struggle believing that miracles still happen today?
1: I don't know, that's a good question. Um, it's going to be on here again. So. I think the first thing that comes to my mind when you say that is probably because of how many frauds and uh, fakes that are out there and the fact that we're pretty skeptical. Um, I am, at least for one. Even though I do believe believe in miracles, I don't happen to believe in every single account I've heard. So that's the first, I guess that would be my initial reaction.
0: And there are, uh, unfortunately, there have been plenty of people who have been frauds, who have really made it difficult for Christianity, because it seems like if there's a good way to scam people into having them turn their money over to you, uh, just get God involved and convince them that God wants them to give you all their money. And I don't know, for some reason, that seems to work for a lot of folks. And the miracle thing, I mean, if you're going to fake something, let's fake a miracle, because, you know, that is impressive, and I think that would get a quick following around you. So I guess that makes sense.
1: Yeah, so I guess if, if you're going to start a cult, that would be a good place to start is figure out how to convince everybody that you've got a lot of miracles going on around you.
0: Hire a really good magician you're going to start a cult. That's, that's step one. And then step two, start buying the razor wire in bulk
1: right so i guess the second thought that comes to my mind to answer that question would be probably one of the one of the next reason reasons that i would think of that people would choose not to or not admit that they would believe in it would because be because they don't necessarily believe in god or the existence of god for sure in the first place and so if you're kind of on the fence about that if you admit that something supernatural happens then that kind of rules out the option that there isn't a god
0: You know, do you think this boils down to one more consequence of people not reading their Bible? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's what it says in Romans. And I'll tell you this, as far as my life goes, the more I read the Bible, the more I believe it. The more I right. stay away from it, the more doubt creeps in and the devil can kind of come in and get a foothold. And, and uh, he certainly is uh, working on uh, getting me not to believe what God said. And funny enough, that's the exact same thing he tried all the way back in Genesis chapter three. The tactic has not changed. He still tries to cast doubt on the word of God. So I think, I, I'm guessing it's a consequence of people not reading their Bible today. They don't believe it because they never spend any time in it. They don't seem to get to tap into and experience the power because of that.
1: Yeah. I I definitely think that power of God in our lives is limited by our belief. So I've got a question for you. You started off with a question for me. Have you ever experienced a firsthand miracle in your life?
0: So, uh, you know, okay. So, can I deflect that question and answer it with a question? I would like to answer it. So the short answer is yes. Okay, okay. absolutely. I can explain two for sure uh, that I have no no trouble standing on, and I used to have a third, and I don't remember what it was. Uh, <clears throat> but before we get into that, let's define a miracle. How do you want to How do you want to define a miracle? Because I can think of a lot of them. That might not be what the audience wants.
1: Yeah, so that's that's one of the things. Uh, whenever I first suggested this topic, that was one of the things that that um, I was dealing with at the time was uh, some people that seem to write off a uh, any miracle that is that involves anything natural. I think that by definition, a miracle would be something that can't be explained by natural. Uh, causes or by uh, uh, scientific uh, things that, that occur naturally in, in our in our world in our understanding i guess i should have looked up uh, <laughs>
0: forget that webster's dictionary definition. Right. who cares
1: so that seems to be kind of like unless it's supernatural And there's no possible explanation for how it could have happened that it's not a miracle. That seems to be kind of the assumption and the the default position that a lot of people take on it. And I actually think that probably the majority of miracles that happen that are explained and written off as coincidental, then a lot of them are miracles, things that God is doing that couldn't be explained by natural means. but actually use nature and god's laws and, and that type of thing to to um, come up with that that miracle and of course there are supernatural miracles that are just god plain doing something that there's no explanation for as well so i i actually think there's kind of two two different well probably many different kinds of miracles but in my mind i kind of separated it into two two types of miracles so
0: you know one type of miracle for me is the one that seems to be very unimpressive to a lot of people. And when I look back on my life, I started out as an alcoholic and a drug addict. I've been in jail in five different states. Uh, My life was a wreck. I couldn't keep a job. Uh, My family didn't trust me. I didn't have any friends to speak of. I mean, it was just your typical nightmare. And for God to get a hold of my heart and turn me towards him and for me to find Jesus and get saved. And now I have a wonderful family, a beautiful wife, uh, six uh, wonderful kids. You know, I've had the same uh, job for 16 years and that's my own business. And, you know, I'm blessed by God. I haven't had to go back to jail in like, I don't know, 20 years. You know, when I look at that uh, anyone that knew me back in my past when my life was a train wreck they would say yeah that's a miracle I mean that that's ridiculous we would have never guessed that you know the odds are a million to one but it doesn't seem like that's the kind of miracle that people want nowadays people want someone to be raised from the dead anything short of that and it's not good enough
1: (sighs) Yeah, I think... <laughs> some of the miracles in the Bible set the bar pretty high. And I wonder how many miracles happened during Bible times that were never really recorded, that were less significant. And if you look at some of the spacing through the old Testament of some of the miracles, sometimes there was hundreds of years that went by before there was a a miracle that was recorded. And I see God do miracles on a daily basis. I like somebody had commented in here and said that they would consider creating life a miracle. And that is absolutely one of the biggest evidences of miracles. God created something. I look at human life and the way that, I mean, just if you look at just any aspect of of a human life or any other life in nature with with animals or other other parts of God's creation, the way that it is, and it continues to reproduce. uh, Mankind has not ever come close to touching something like that where you can reproduce it. Um, It it continues to go on and reproduce itself um, without some sort of intervention from the outside and the technology that's there in just even you take one part of your body, the nerve endings in your finger and the way they communicate with your brain or your eyeball or those type of things. I mean, that's, those are natural things that we just take for granted, but there is certainly a, a huge amount of miracles that we're surrounded with all the time. So when somebody tells me, Oh, I don't, I don't believe in miracles. I've never had a miracle. I'm like, well, the fact that you're sitting here talking and, and complaining in God's face is a miracle that you're even alive. <laughs>
0: Oh, but Caleb, millions of years of evolution surely can explain anything. Just add a billion years and that'll answer the question. <clears throat> well, you know what? Uh, so let's let's start with something. Oh, that didn't work. I tried to share it somewhere. Okay, so let's start with this because if... You were to walk up to Jesus. So Jesus is doing his thing. He started his earthly ministry. He hasn't gone to the cross yet. He's going around performing miracles, teaching, doing all the stuff. If you went up to Jesus during that time and said, hey, Jesus, we want to see a miracle, what would his answer be? Because several groups tried that. And they did not get what they wanted.
1: One of the first comebacks that I think of is when he said, but this, it was at a different time frame, when he said that a, a evil and perverse generation looks for a sign, but no sign is going to be given them except for the sign of Jonah.
0: Yep. So that's the, exactly the one that I was thinking of. In Matthew 12, 38-41, Then certain of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. So before you go any further, if you are part of the group that is looking for a sign to help you believe, then you are in really bad company. Because Jesus tells you flat out, he says, you are an evil <clears throat> or a wicked and adulterous generation and no sh- no sign shall be given thee except just as uh Jonah was in the belly of the whale 3 days the son of man you know will uh um you know rise again after 3 days uh so uh, so shall the son of man be 3 days and 3 nights in the heart of the earth you know and it's funny because <clears throat> There is another time in the book of Luke when – what's up? What am I missing?
1: Oh, this, this comment. Changing oh, water into grape juice.
0: Yeah, I know. His comments are always constructive and helpful. for. The okay. So when you, when you saw it in the book of Luke, okay – uh, there was the story of the rich man and Lazarus, and Lazarus uh, was sent down. Uh, he died and was in Abraham's bosom, and then the rich man uh, died, and he was in hell, and he lifted up his eyes and was in torments and flames. And what you found out was that the rich man actually asked If uh, someone could bring him a drop of water because he was in torments and they said no. And he said, well, please send uh, someone back from the dead to go and talk to my family because I have five brothers and they need to be warned about this place. And they need to uh, uh, know about it so that they can repent of it. He wanted them saved so that they would not have to suffer the torments of hell like he did. And do you remember uh, what the answer was uh, given to the rich man?
1: Um, He should have. He had his time on earth.
0: Well, it wasn't for the rich man. It was for his brothers. But the answer was no. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Oh, that's right. He said, you're not get. they're not going to get, uh, uh or actually the, they the first answer they answered him twice and and this is from memory so I don't remember the uh, the story well enough to quote it exactly okay but <clears throat> so um uh, the first answer was no uh and he said but if someone uh he said they have uh Moses and the prophets let them listen to them and they said no but if someone were to go to him from the dead surely they would believe and the answer again was given to him, you know, sorry, if they're not going to listen to them, they're not going to be impressed even if someone were to be raised from the dead. And really that was, they explained, um, you know, the, uh, the story of Christianity today, when you have lost people, they have the opportunity to read uh, the law and the prophets. They can read the Bible. They don't. And that's why they're not impressed when someone was raised from the dead. When Jesus died three days in the grave and rose from the dead, they still weren't impressed. And it seems like they're he's trying to make the point that, look, it's not the, the, the miraculous nature of the signs. It's not how impressive the sign is. That is not that is not what is going to get people to believe. It's a matter of the heart. If the heart is prepared, and if the heart has sought after God, then it will find God. Asking you sh- shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knocking the door shall be open to you. It doesn't say sit on your butt and be stubborn, and then a good enough miracle will show up at your doorstep, and lo and behold, you're going to believe. That's not what it says. It says seek and you shall find. And that's why over and over again, Jesus explains that Uh, it is explained to the rich man who is in hell. Uh, It's explained to the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Uh, Jesus says it's not the miracle. It's not as if a big enough miracle showed up and all of a sudden you guys are going to believe. The problem is uh, you have a stubborn heart and, you know, it's not going to get any better.
1: Right. Stubborn heart, unbelief um, are, I think, a big thing that we still deal with, even as Christians. So I, a couple of, a couple of miracles that I have experienced in my life that were, I believe, pretty, um, pretty clearly, uh, well. I've had a lot of miracles that I could say, this is a miracle. This is a miracle. And some of them are smaller miracles. I'll go through just a couple that I think uh, there's a lot to happen on a daily basis. But here just in the last few weeks, um, those that are around, live around here are probably familiar with it, but we have a food distribution that we do. I just, we just did one in in Waco today. We do it on Thursday nights in Rosebud, and then we go up to Waco and we distribute food. We get a a truckload of uh, uh, produce and we distribute it to around uh 400 families 450 families a week somewhere in that range and it's free produce and there's always lines of people that line up to get it and the funny thing is is that people show up whether we have food or not they stand in a line for hours and the last two weeks in a row the supplier for this produce because of this whole coronavirus stuff has said there's not gonna be any produce. And of course, we prayed and said, God, if it's your will for us to feed these people, please let there be food, somehow multiply it, whatever. And in believing that and realizing that that he could, both weeks, there's been food, but not just food. Every week that we have food, there's enough food to go around for everybody. And tonight we had our distribution in Waco. Last week, we had twice as much food to go to Waco. Tonight, we had half as much. And last week, the line started at six o'clock and people kept showing up until eight. This week... About six fifteen we ran out of food, and people quit showing up, and we didn't have to turn them away. We thought we got two hours worth of people yet to show up and we 're going to have hundreds of families yet show up. people quit showing up there's no food, and people quit showing up we didn't we didn't control that and so, some things like that that seem like oh it's just coincidence well <laughs> when you're when you're set about the father 's business and you 're trusting him with things, I see that happen over and over again i don 't know how many times this has happened to other people. Um, some of you guys maybe are more financially stable than me, but there's been many, many times, hundreds of times where we barely had enough money to pay the bills. And there were times where we had to shuffle our bills around a little bit in order to be able to pay them. But God's always provided enough money. I mean, sometimes they weren't paid on time, but they always got paid. And... Um, and God always provides enough money that we've never run out. And especially when you when you get to the point if you are paycheck to paycheck for a period of time and wondering where your your next meal is gonna come from or that type of thing, it definitely lets you realize how God promises that He's going to take care of us, He's gonna give us the basic needs—food and raiment, clothing. So those are those are things that uh, God does provide. And when when those promises are in the Bible, and you believe that, and then you see it actually unfold behind, beside, before your eyes, some people would just say, "Oh, it's a it's a coincidence." Well, when it's a promise, and then it happens just like it said. I like to think that those aren't necessarily just coincidences, and I think that sometimes in strengthen our, strengthening our faith, we should give God opportunities to work like that. Those are just, like I said, there's, those are small things. I can't, I can't pin those down as I have evidence that this is God working. But it's like, how would it be a coincidence for ten years in a row, week after week, month after month, that God continues to provide? And it, and so, anyways, those are those are small things that I think we take for granted. But then there's been times where I've had. Um, diseases or things that, that have come along where I've prayed or other people have prayed, laid hands on me. And I felt the power of God flowing through me and and felt very, very clearly that I was healed. And sure enough, uh, one, one time it was meningitis. I had meningitis and that's, it, it got, it's a affection that gets in around your your knees, your elbow joints, into the meningia around your brain and I was getting to the point where I was losing consciousness part of the time. And I prayed and, and God healed me from it. And, and anybody that's experienced the power of God, uh, I, so, some, some people experience it in different ways, but if you're driving down the road, and you're listening to a song on the, on the, on the radio or, or you're in church and, and, and God floods your soul to the point that you feel the the presence of God flowing through, you know, every part of your body and, and you're, and, and it's, it, he takes over you. You, you, you sense that, and you know, that it's God, but when that's, when that's actually combined with, God's power and actually healing something or doing something in a natural way. Um, those are things where I've, I look at it and I'm like, for me, if I was ever to turn my back on God, I would be, God has revealed himself through signs and miracles to me, signs and wonders where he's, he's healed things, done things for me. And so, um, Not everybody has experienced some of the things that I've experienced, and I don't think that we should depend on that. You said you're in bad company if you're looking for that. You're actually in pretty good company because some of the people that were looking for signs and and wonders were the apostles, Thomas Thomas. I think, I think that's a really amazing account there where Jesus could have told Thomas, Hey, you you don't believe now you're out of here. There's the door, you know, but instead he's like, here, come put your hand in my side. Um, and so I think that, I think that God does allow for us. And he's given a lot of instances in the Bible where he's given miracles just to prove, prove how good he was. He didn't need to do some of the healings and the things that he had in there. So I guess, um, back to my question to you earlier, as far as as far as miracles that you've seen, um, I guess maybe we've kind of defined a couple of different kinds of miracles, but your okay, personal so, experience.
0: <clears throat> well, one easy one that would, would fall at the feet of anyone who is self-employed is when money comes in just at the right time. And I can't tell you, so I've been self-employed for, I want to say 16 years now. And I don't think I noticed as much when I was single. And then when I first got married, then when we bought a house and we had a kid and another kid and another kid and another kid and another (laughs) kid, all of a sudden you start to realize that there are needs for that family and they got to be met at a certain time. And I would like those needs to be met way ahead of time early so that I don't have to worry about it. And it's, there've been so many times where I've had to be driven to my knees in prayer to say, God, I don't know how I'm going to pay all these bills this month. I don't have the money. It does not exist. I don't know what to tell you. That's where I'm at. Please help. And the same thing with, uh, with food, the same thing with any, any need you have, anything that God could provide. And I have never had missed these things. These things have never, um, I've never fallen short. They've always come and they've always come at just the right time, uh, right before the bill is due, right before, you know, we run out of uh, the last bit of food, right before the need arises. You know, those things show up and I could call those miracles or maybe just answers to prayer from God. So if we're talking more about the supernatural variety, <clears throat> I can tell you of two and one of them is I have medical records to back it up. So for me personally, uh, I don't remember how many years into my business I was, but I'm in construction. I think everyone knows that by now. And I'm a plumber. I'm on my hands and knees a lot in a crawl space and different things. And all of a sudden, my, uh, my knees started killing me. I mean, they were hurting so bad all the time. I didn't know what was going on. And like most guys, you kind of no, you know, you don't want to go to the doctor. So you kind of just hope this stuff goes away and you feel better later. Wasn't happening. I finally went to an orthopedic uh, surgeon and said, look, my knees are a mess. I don't know what's going on, but my knees have to work for me to be able to work. So tell me what I got to do. So anyway, he examined me and, you know, ran me through the machines and got the pictures and looked at everything. And he's like, you have bursitis and you have it really, really bad he said, um, I said, Okay, great. So what do we got to do? Do I have to do stretches or take medication or what? He's like, No, you have to stop using your knees. You know, you can't be crawling on your knees anymore. And when he said that it didn't register as like, Oh, okay, well, you know, after I stop using my knees, why don't I just go and punch out God? I mean, it's like that can't, you know, it's that can't happen. That's my livelihood. And I asked him, what other options are there? He's like, Look, there aren't any options, you have to stop crawling around on your knees right away he says you also might need surgery he said but that's only going to be a temporary fix Uh, if you continue to crawl on your knees it's going to come back it's going to get worse it's going to be a problem and I went home and I was I didn't know what to do or say and on the drive home I just was totally exasperated and totally gave up and said okay god I don't know what to do if you don't want me in construction anymore congratulations you just got it but I don't know how this is going to work for the rest of my life. I said, can you please just heal me of this and take this away? Because if you don't, I really don't know what I'm going to do. So anyway, I went home, told my wife about it. And I think we went through the weekend and then, you know, work came Monday and Tuesday and I went to work and it was sometime in the middle of that week where I went home and my wife was like, Hey, how are your knees doing? And I thought about it. I'm like, that'll hurt at all. You know, and I realized that I had spent three days doing the normal work that I had always done and they didn't hurt a bit. I went back to the doctor and he said, nope, you don't need surgery. Nothing's wrong. And I said, great. And I walked out the door, got in my truck, drove home, you know, wasn't even surprised. I was grateful because I can tell you this. I've prayed for healing for myself and for other people that I love thousands of times and it hasn't happened but this time it did. And I was really grateful that it did. And I was glad it happened to me too, because I I can, the other, you know, ones I can tell you are from other people. And, uh, even though, you know, you have that testimony from someone else, I hate to say it, but doubt is still in the back of my head. Like, uh, you know, do they, do they really feel better or what's the deal? You know? And this one for me, it was like, Nope, they checked me out. Don't have it anymore. All set, all fixed up. Not a problem. And that was the biggest one, you know, that I got to experience where for whatever reason, God just said, OK, um, I had another time when my friend uh, Kaya and his wife, Tina, uh, asked if I would come and pray with them because Tina had a problem with her back for a real long time. And um you know i'm sure happy to come and you know pray for you uh not sure what it's going to do but happy to pray every single time you know and uh and we got together and we laid hands on her and we prayed for her and again it was the same thing where you know she stood up and just said my back doesn't hurt anymore and that was it you know and i mean to my knowledge it's never come back it's never been an issue again and Caleb, how many times have you gone to someone's house or met with someone and laid hands on them and prayed for them for healing and it didn't happen? I mean, I don't know about you. Quite a few. Yeah, Yeah. quite a few. Does that stop you from praying in the future?
1: No. uh, Yeah. So that's uh, the... uh, There's a couple, that that was a really, really good testimony. One of the, one of the things that I find that is a little bit hard for some people to, to really wrap their minds around. It's hard for me. A lot of times it seems like a lot of miracles are going to be based around something that God does in somebody's life that is, is kind of hard to prove unless you were the, unless you were the individual. So if I have a headache and I pray and, and God heals my headache, you know, I can tell you that all day long, but whether or not you believe that is, um, you know, it's, a, it's a little bit different so I think always going back to looking through the at, through the Bible at the biblical definition of miracles I love some of the Old Testament miracles where where it was affirmed in the New Testament I mean things that happened mm-hmm. that was witnessed by thousands of people the children of Israel and and the pillar of a pillar of uh, fire at night to get guide their way and things like that, that were just not normal things, manna coming out of heaven. They were, they're witnessed by people. Uh, It's well recorded in in history. And so it's it's clear that God does intervene and he has intervened. Um, So of course we could go over a bunch of Bible stories of, of, of healings and, Jesus casting out demons and healing people that were paralyzed, and um, uh, some of them that I really really like, though, where where like say the woman with the issue of blood, where she came up and and touched the hem of his garment, and Jesus like wait who touched me you know that was that's really interesting, and it was really her faith, and so sometimes I I think that sometimes in in order for us to have the faith that we need, she had to have heard. Somebody told her Jesus was walking around and that Jesus was sure. healing people. She heard it, she believed it, and so she went and sought Jesus out. And so sometimes I think that in order for us to see see God doing miracles, we must first actually have good documentation, good reason to believe that He can. And I don't think that our faith should ever be an unreasonable faith. It's not when when I when I have faith in something. And faith, I believe, is is almost a requirement for for divine intervention unless somebody else is intervening intervening on our behalf, interceding uh intercessory prayer. I've prayed for people and I've seen God work in their lives and they weren't even a believer. So sometimes there's there are people that are interceding on our behalf when we don't even want a miracle. And we see that happening. But usually if somebody's asking for a miracle from God, you need to you need to actually believe in order for God to answer that prayer. Because if you don't believe and you're still trying to fix it on your own, um, I see oftentimes that that we need that belief. So I think for me, a really good place to start is, is going through the through the Bible, biblical accounts and, and, and reading and seeing the proof that's there and, and examining it and realizing that your faith, it's not like if you go get on an airplane, you're not trusting that airplane just because you just woke up with some harebrained idea that say, oh, I'm just going to go put my faith in the fact that this airplane going to get me there. You've seen it fly over and over again. You've heard that it's a reputable airline. You have reasonable reason to believe that that, air, that airplane is going to fly. And so faith in God, we have plenty of reasons that are recorded in the Bible that would give us reason to believe that we could put our faith in him and that he's going to, going to come through. But back to the personal testimony side of it, I have seen some times that I, that were not just like, oh, God healed me and, and fixed one of my problems. There's, there's been a lot of times where God is, uh, where I've seen God intervene in my life and avoid catastrophe. And again, it could be explained as, as a, uh, coincidence
0: coincidence that's a coincidence um, everything's a coincidence either it's a coincidence or it didn't happen exactly Those were the only two options when talking about miracles oh that didn't really happen oh that was a coincidence pillar of fire by day and a cloud by night coincidence matter from heaven didn't happen <laughs>
1: So well or if, if he, you could do like the scribes and the Pharisees and if it gets to the point that you can't explain it as a natural thing or or as a, a coincidence, um It was then, from the devil. Yep, you say it's from from the the devil. devil. <laughs> and so and I see a lot of a lot of people do that today, you know, Christians that you read about something on CNN or Fox news or whatever where somebody is raised from the dead or they they were on the other side and they they tell the story about something that happened while they were at surgery and they they saw jesus or something like that and everybody kind of rolls their eyes and they're like sure yeah 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 and so of course i i have become a lot more cautious about that since reading that story of the pharisees saying oh it's of the devil because i've i've heard a lot of christians make the statement that oh that's not god that's uh, demonic influence or it's got to you know it's like well we should we should be willing to give god the benefit of the doubt and not always assume that just because you can't explain it naturally that it's got to be the devil because as soon as the pharisees said that he said wait a minute if satan casts out satan you know how can a house divided uh stand and then he he went on to explain that this was blasphemy against the holy spirit for them to call what was god what god was doing the the work of the holy spirit for them to call that the work of, of satan that that was blasphemy against the holy spirit so i think we should always be cautious about about just dismissing something and saying it's a coincidence or it is demonic you you have a thought
0: i agree well two things okay so one i think you hit the nail right on the head i'm at the point caleb where when i find a parking spot when i'm in a rush i thank god for it i'm not kidding you and i mean i know a lot of people roll their eyes and think that's ridiculous but basically every good thing that happens to me i'm like Hand to God, miracle. That was God. Here he is working in my life. And I don't have a problem with that. I feel a lot more comfortable with that than the people that never want to acknowledge the presence of God in their life for anything, let alone uh, the little things that he does for them every single day. But uh, getting back to... Um, The Holy Spirit or the devil? Okay, so here's my question for, and and I have an answer for this when you're done, but how do we test the spirits? How do we determine that a miracle is from God or from the devil? And before we go any further, can we both agree that Satan does have power to do miracles? He does them in the Bible. All the way back in the book of Exodus, the the priests Janus and Jambres were able to imitate several of the miracles of gods all the way up to the plagues. And when we go through the whole Bible all the way to the book of Revelation, we find in the end times that again, uh, Satan, the false beast uh, from the sea, the false beast uh, from the earth, they had power uh, to perform several miracles. Uh, Can we agree that that is not outside of the ability of the uh, Prince of Darkness,
1: yeah, absolutely. Okay, and that's so that. How do you, if you So, if you look at it, every everything that happens in the world, good, evil. Um, I believe that even evil it borrows from God in order to. It's still, it's still something that God created in order uh, for Satan. Satan was originally a, cre- a good created being, mm-hmm. and so he has um, he has rebelled against God, and he's taking the the of course he was a little different than we are because he was a supernatural being. He had some, some qualities that we don't have. Um, so he's taken that. Um, I, one of the, one of the first things that comes to my mind, I don't know if I have a, if I can hit the nail on the head with this as far as testing the spirit, but, um, it says to test the spirit, um, for many false prophets have come and they're not, they're not from God. So oftentimes somebody that's performing miracles will also have a lot of false prophecies or a lot of things that would go against the nature of God against, against the Bible. Um, They would be malevolent beings. There's, there's all sorts of um, gods and goddesses out there that are recorded as doing all sorts of evil, wicked things that would, they couldn't be consistent with God's nature.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So now let me ask you this because If I were the devil, I wouldn't just have my miracles produce plagues and famine and death and pain and suffering. Because at the end of the day, I want everyone following after me and not following after Christ. And I would imagine that the devil has no problem with healing somebody so long as it leads people away from Christ. Right there there's the devil doesn't play by rules there's no geneva convention there's no referee saying oh that's a dirty that's a dirty trick that's a low blow devil you're not allowed to use subterfuge you're not allowed to use trickery and deceit really that's all he does he's the father of lies so the big one for me has always been this simple who gets the glory and, and understand, it's not, does Jesus get the glory or does the devil get the glory? The question is, does Jesus get the glory or does something other than Jesus get the glory? Because something yeah, good, good that is not Jesus is, is no better than the devil getting the glory. Because if it takes you away from Christ, if it points you to another book, another God, another person, another anything, that is not from God that is from the devil because all he's trying to do is get you away from Christ so long as you don't see that your only hope of salvation is through Christ it is from the devil does right. the, the the devil would heal orphans and puppies all day every day so long as he could get people away from Christ
1: Yeah, it um, somewhere I I should have looked some of these scriptures references up, but it talks um, somewhere talks about Satan transforming himself into a servant of righteousness, an angel of light.
0: Oh, I was thinking uh, of him uh, showing up as an angel of light. That was one of his disguises. Anyway, I'm 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 not going to look it up.
1: But, anyways, whatever it is, I should here it is on the Bible Thumper. I don't know, I don't know my references. <laughs> but, anyways, um, there's there can be there can be wolves in sheep's clothing. There can be good looking things that come along and they, and they they are doing good deeds as well. I don't mean that everything is is malevolent or everything is evil. That, but, mm. um, but the, the the nature is going to be consistent with uh, darkness. And so, even though it might transform into something that looks good to 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 deceive it's always in in the end it's 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 it is evil and it's going to be malevolent so um back to what i was saying about god intervening and seeing times that was supernatural intervention times where i couldn't have known something was going to happen and something happened and god put me in a different place at a different time that um oh there you go you are you you looked it up yeah, well, you're chit-chatting. I might okay. as well. Yeah, I mean, it's on <laughs> so,
0: Google. It's not like I have to turn pages anymore.
1: So yeah, exactly. So, anyways, the uh, I was I was headed to Texas from Colorado a couple of years ago, and I was along Highway 50 down uh, somewhere between uh, uh, Gunnison and West Cliff Canyon City, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. and it was snowy roads, and I had I had been running along. I don't know, maybe 50, 45, 50 miles an hour, not super fast. Cause there was some, some light snow on the roads. And, it, and so I was, I was, it was dark and there was, I had stopped and prayed a, somewhere along the line. There was a couple of deer that had run, run out uh, in front of me. And I've hit so many deer along the way before that i of course am concerned about it it's messed my cars up and so i stopped somewhere along the le- along the way and there was other people there with me some family members that were there with me and i prayed and i just said god please protect us god you know don't don't allow something to happen to us keep us safe on the road and it's a regular thing for me to do i every night when my daughters go to bed we have prayer time before they go to bed and we just pray that god keeps them safe and and you know i tell them god's a lot better guard over you than i am i'm not always there to keep a bad guy away you know but god can and we can believe in him and when we ask him and we put our trust in him i believe that he will so anyways we prayed and somewhere along the line there was a whole bunch of deer that uh ran out in front of us and i slowed down and i pulled off the side of the road it seems i'm trying to remember why i pulled off the side of the road i think i pulled off to uh because we, I, th- I had kind of swerved to go around some deer and I'd gotten off in the gravel a little bit. Anyways, while I was off the side of the road, and I think I got off, look, walked around the car to check it, make sure that there, everything was okay. There was, some, there was a car that passed me. So I pulled off the side of the road and I could have just kept going, but I pulled off just to make sure everything was okay. And this car passes me and they go up the road and a, a huge boulder had fallen in the middle of the road, plunked right down in the middle of the road. Other cars had been in front of me. There were, there was cars not too far in front of me. I'd been following them. Their taillights were in front of me. They went on by. The boulder fell where I would have been. I pulled off the road. Somebody else came and hit the car, hit the boulder, messed their car up, uh, blew their airbags up. And I when I got to where they were, I went around and it took me a little bit to start connecting what had happened. And I started realizing, you know, I probably should have gone back and, <laughs> and helped the people. There was more people behind me. <laughs> And I think they were okay, but their their car wasn't okay. It's not like I think anybody got killed or whatever. But anyways, they it was a bad deal for them. And God saved me from that. And yeah, you could say, oh, that's a coincidence. Well, those deer came out in front of me, and I ended up off the side of the road. And I if I remember right, I think there was some another family member that was following me, my mom, or somebody else was in another vehicle behind me. And so there was witnesses there. It's not like I'm just making the story up out of thin air. And and I could have some of the details yeah, wrong, but it was it was very. If you made the cl-
0: story up, you would have stopped and helped those poor people.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably so. <laughs> anyways, it was just, it was a very remarkable situation and, and plenty of other times like that where I've seen God put me in a different place. And I really should write some of these things down as they happen because you forget so many of them, but where you see God change your plans, or I hear stories of people that they should have been in a different place at a different time and they weren't there and God you know, protected them. And so anyways, I, I think that it's dangerous when God does protect us. And then we say, oh, it's just a coincidence. Oh, that wasn't God. Or we, or if we get to the point that the Pharisees were, where they're saying, "Oh, it's you know, it's uh, demonic," I, and so, anyways, that's a couple of my a couple of my personal testimonies, and I, I personally would recommend going back to the Bible rather than going off of somebody else's personal testimony because it's my word <laughs> rather than God's.
0: No, I think you're right on the money. I'm always hesitant to uh, have an anecdotal evidence. Uh, the, the idea that I'm going to be impressed with uh, a feeling that I have or a story from somewhere, that's not the same as the Bible. The Bible, I can believe as written by God uh, versus, you know, my heart, my feeling, someone else's story. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Christians encourage each other oftentimes like you did with that story, like I did with you know mine and it's encouraging to hear what god does but we we always should go back to the bible and to be honest with you the reason that Caleb believes god sent the deers to get him to pull over to miss the boulder is because his strength was faith it was uh, his faith was strengthened by reading the word of god the only reason that i believe that god healed my knees is because I've read so many stories in the Bible of God doing miraculous things. It wasn't a surprise to me. Okay. So I want to bring up another verse and I want to hear your thoughts on it. Oh, I just lost it. Now here it is. Okay. In the book of, nope, I really did. I really did lose it. Hold on. Um, Okay. I'm just going to paraphrase. No, I'm gonna look it up. Um, man, I just... have
1: it. All right, so I've got a. I have a couple of verses here that I'm gonna. I'm gonna read. Do it. Um, yeah. along these lines. So this is. Uh, it has transformed my life, my my faith life, my prayer life, by going through the Bible and reading. And, and Patrick, you've mentioned this quite a few times. How many? How many amazing passages of promises that there are in the Bible? And for me, part of what has is, is happened is realizing not just I saw. I saw something that was recorded as a description that Jesus did this, or God did this at this point as a description, but there's a lot of prescriptive text in the Bible that are promises of what God will do to us when we walk in obedience to him. So there's a couple of them. Some of my favorites are in Isaiah. And I wrote down a few of them tonight. Um, I'll just run read through a few of these. And and if you really if you really believe these things, now the the, the first thing you have to get in your head is Genesis one one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you get that creation story and you believe that, then anything else is possible. God Amen. healing God healing somebody is not remarkable. I mean, it's remarkable, but it's not remarkable in the scope of God creating the whole universe. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If God created the whole universe then he, he certainly can heal me he could heal my headache and some of these other things that that we hear accounts of so anyways um, here in isaiah uh, forty three two when thou passest through the waters I will be with thee and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee when thou walkest through the fire thou shalt not be burned neither shall the flame kindle upon thee um, and of course this is one that a lot of us know isaiah forty thirty one They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I have, uh, as many many people that are in ministry know, you can get tired, um, especially as you are serving people, loving people. You can get tired, and there's commandments in the Bible not to grow weary in well-doing. But sometimes when you wait upon the Lord... When I, when I start realizing that I'm growing weary um, and that I'm about to faint, you know, I'm I'm doing too much or for my family or wh- whatever it might be, your job, that when you start to learn to wait upon the Lord, you mentioned coming to the end of yourself with your, your knee and just saying, God, you got to take care of this. And I have seen so many times where, when I learned to slow down and quit trying to figure stuff out on my own and just say, God, I can't deal with this. I don't know what to do. I'm putting this in your hand a few years ago, a really, really powerful testimony that I I don't really like to get into because it involved other people. But, um, I got to the, I, I, there was, there was uh, some relationships and situations that came up in my life where I got to the end of it. Um, and I realized this thing is headed nowhere, but a termination headed to the end and, and I was pretty heartbroken over and devastated. And I said, God, if you're going to fix this, if you're going to, if you're going to work this thing out, this is going to have to be you because I've tried everything I can do. I've tried to manipulate the situation. I've tried to do this. I've tried to change the circumstances to try to change what's going on and nothing's working. And if this, if this is the end and it's the end, and I'll give it up and I'll put it in your hands, but it means a lot to me and I am trusting you that somehow you're going to work this thing out. And here we are a few years later, complete transformation god completely sorted it out and those those that are involved with the situation that, that know the story could would would bear witness to a complete transformation and, and just see how god has has worked and changed it um and of course when it involves other people and other people's sin issues and stuff like that i always try to leave that out because i'm not trying to expose other people but um god has taken a situation where where it, it was not a, not going to be reconciled naturally without god interviewing intervening mm-hmm and totally transformed it. So in learning to believe that and saying, all right, God, you know what? I'm going to step back and I'm going to wait on you. If it takes you a year, if it takes you 10 years, if it takes you 20 years, whatever, I'm going to wait on you with this. It's been, that has been a very, very powerful thing. And it's one of those verses that you read over and over and over again. But when you get to the end of yourself and you start to learn to just wait on God and to, and to rest in him, it's really amazing. So anyway, maybe you found your reference by now.
0: No, I think that's uh, I think that's a great point. Um, well, and this uh, this verse, you know, that I'm going to read, I'm I'm going to ask you a question about, and, and see if I can get you talking on the topic. So, in Matthew thirteen fifty eight, uh, the verse is very short, but it, I believe it's very powerful. We read, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Unbelief. So, the to give everyone the background, Jesus at that time was in his hometown and Jesus was it. The interesting thing is that he did not many mighty works because of their unbelief. Jesus didn't not do mighty works because he didn't feel like it. Jesus didn't not do many mighty works because he just wanted to move on to the next place. He did not do many mighty works because of someone else's unbelief. It was their unbelief that caused the situation. Now, a lot of people don't like it when I say it this way, but Jesus could not do many mighty works because of their unbelief. People often think, "Ah, oh, he's God. He can do whatever he wants. It's not the way that verse reads. The, the way that verse reads is that the unbelief Of those around Jesus prohibited him from doing the mighty works now he was in his hometown and the idea is that everybody grew up around Jesus and they didn't believe that he was God they're like I know who that is that's Joseph's son that can't be the Messiah but they didn't believe in him and who he was and therefore he didn't do many mighty works. So it seems that there is a correlation between belief and faith and the miracles of God. And have you ever heard that saying, uh, luck favors the bold? I find it to be kind of the same thing. Miracles seem to follow the faithful.
1: Right. So uh, we just got a comment in here. Somebody said, love it. So true. This is a guy that one of the few brothers that I actually reached out to during this time and and shared, um, shared the situation that was going on. And he was, he was in on the details when it, when it was looking hopeless. And yeah, so anyway, there's, when you see God work like that, when he says, if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed that you could cast a mountain into the ocean. Well, I, I, of course, I think that was somewhat a hypothetical situation. I don't think that God has ever, there's never been a need for us to go and cast mountains into the ocean. But when there is a need and there, and there's a reason for it, that if we have the faith that obviously something even as large as a mountain is small to God, and he he would Mm -hmm. clearly be able to do that. Um, another story that I that I wanted to get into was, and this was during the the beginning of the, some of this transformation in my life of starting to realize the power in in realizing the promises that, that are in the Bible. And I wish I would have um, pulled up the reference. I believe it is in Isaiah, and I I need to look it up because it was one of these it was one of these Bible promises that was really speaking to me at the time we had our second daughter she was born in a birth center and um this was four years ago now a little over four years ago when she was born she didn't take her first breath and of course the midwives were there and it was a few minutes and she started turning colors and you know we're not in the hospital where they can just you know quick, do something, you know, it's kind of one of these deals and it it was a new thing for the, even for the midwives, it's not something that's normal for them. And of course we prayed and we patted on her back and we tried all kinds of things and realizing that even after nine months of carrying that baby in the womb, bringing it to birth, that we were still dependent on God to breathe breath into that baby's life. Mm -hmm. and and i prayed during this time this this scripture that had been rolling around in my in my mind and it was similar to the one that i read earlier but just it was just talking about god walking with us when we go into the fire when we're walking through the desert that he'll never leave us forsake us it's just a really powerful rich verse if i if i look it up later i wish i had it memorized if i look it up later i'll put it in the comments and it was it was something that came to my mind and i prayed it during that time and it's like how do I have time right now to pray a scripture? But that was that was the most powerful thing I knew to pray at the time as I prayed that scripture and said, God, I believe in, in you that you are going to breathe breath into this, into this child's life. And she took a big old gasp and started crying and took her breath after a few minutes. And of course it was scary. And the midwife that we had, uh, we're, we're good friends with her now. And she talks about what, you know, i'm not trying to pat myself on the back here it was god it was not me but my faith in god and that gave me the stability and the and the soundness of mind is to believe in god and there wasn't a lot else that we could do i mean they were trying everything that they could do and she wasn't taking a breath and um they did mouth to mouth they did other things and so anyways here we are um and this baby nine months god's done all this and i'm like you didn't begin this work to not bring it through to completion. I believe in you that to do this, I believe in you that you you breathe breath of life into mankind. You're going to breathe breath of life. And so I was just all, all this, all that was going through my mind is all these, all these scriptures that are in the Bible where God performed, he carried through. And anyway, so I, 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 I prayed this, this passage of scripture over, uh, over her and God did a miracle. And that was, that was probably one of the most powerful times of really seeing God do it. And he, he he could have not, he could have chosen to take her then. And she's of course, you know, healthy, happy four-year-old running around now. And sometimes I look at her and I'm like, man, this is not just an ordinary miracle. Oh yeah. We had a baby. And you know people are like, "Oh, you guys make cute babies like no God makes cute babies you know and so anyways you see- you think you see things like that that happen, and it builds your faith and now going into this last birth that we had going into it after that, uh, both my wife and I we had the same midwife again, and um she's just an amazing christian and and a, a prayer warrior and a woman of faith as well, but we went into it so much more confidence this time, knowing you know God has answered our prayers in the past. So as you start building that faith in God and you, you start recognizing him and giving him credit where credit is due, like you mentioned earlier, Hey, there's a parking spot. I mean, that's, that's a little, little extreme, but I mean, these days, these days just when I see humanity functioning together and working together and loving and being kind it, to me, that's evidence of God giving us a conscience to do what's right. And seeing us, that's a miracle that, that somebody isn't just being rude and road rage, you know, when they, when they pull over and let you go around here in Texas if you want to get somewhere and there's somebody driving down the road slow, they pull over on the shoulder and let you go past. You turn your four-way flashers on and say thank you. It's like this game that they play on the road. But when you see humans just functioning in the way that they do in society, in America, being able to have the freedom to do whatever and still be nice to each other, that's a miracle. I mean, you, you can't take those things for granted. When somebody doesn't cut you off in the parking lot, you actually get a parking spot. That it, it, those things are miracles. There are small, small miracles and there are big miracles. And some of the small miracles we should still give cre- God the credit for.
0: Okay, uh, so Zach King is asking a question here. Hey guys, how do I know if God is not healing someone because there is not enough belief or just because he says so? So let me take a crack at this and then Caleb, you can come in and correct me when I'm done here. So my short answer would be, there's no way that you can tell. Um, When God doesn't answer a prayer of mine or a prayer of someone else's, I don't know why and if i did i would fix that so i could get my prayer answered the only thing that i know is that god asks us to be completely reliant on him so i'm going to go to him and i'm going to go to him in prayer and i'm going to ask for these things and if it doesn't come to pass um there are several reasons why okay so We've all heard the analogy of when we pray, it's like a traffic light, red, yellow, or green. Green is sure thing, here you go, right? Red is no, I'm not giving you that. That's not going to happen. I'm not going to answer that prayer. And sometimes, I think a lot of times for me, it's because God knows what's best for me. God knows better than I do. Uh, My desires are not always in line with God's and what he wants for me. And then sometimes you get the yellow light, and that is not yet. Okay, I have that for you. You're going to get it later. You're not going to get it now. Maybe you need to go something through something. Maybe you need to grow. Maybe you need to learn more. And unfortunately, I don't oftentimes know what God's reasoning is for not answering a prayer, especially when I need a supernatural miracle. The other thing I can tell you is I can always go to God and talk to him about that. Say, God, you know, is my unbelief a problem? Is there something in my life that is holding this up? Please show me. I'd like to, you know, correct that. But at the end of the day, what I do know is that God wants me to rely on Him for everything. And the more I can be in the habit of going to God first, I think the better off I am. And I see that over and over again in the Bible where people try to take care of it their own way rather than going to God. And you know, um, without getting into a million examples of that, because we're very short on time, I would just say, start reading your Bible and you're going to see that, you know, to be the case over and over again.
1: Yeah. So I would say if someone is questioning whether or not their faith is enough, realize that God doing a miracle has nothing to do with, it's not like you have to somehow conjure up, I think, you don't have to somehow conjure something greater up if, if it has anything to do with you then it's not god
0: you need level seven faith for this prayer to be answered
1: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so you look at elijah and the prophets of baal and they were trying everything they were beating harder they were cutting themselves they were and and he's standing there and he's kind of mocking them he wasn't he wasn't stressed out at all he just believed that god was god that was all he's like hey this you guys can knock yourselves out you know <laughs> whatever maybe you need to Pray a little louder, cry a little harder. And so
0: more jump up and down higher.
1: But when it came time for him to pray, it was simple. He believed that God was powerful. And and that was, that was, there was no doubt in his mind. Yeah. And so I think that sometimes faith comes down to just a simple belief, but I would say when it comes to somebody else, I have seen too many people that were like Job's friends that came around oh. him and they're like, Oh, certainly this is your problem somehow. And yeah. there are times, um, you know, Paul, Paul said that he had a thorn and he'd asked God to take from his flesh many a time. And I don't think that Paul was a man that lacked faith in God. I really believe that Paul had faith Agreed. and, and, and God did not choose to take that whatever it was away from him. He could have had some friends. Maybe that was, why there was some dissension and they parted ways. Maybe one of his friends was like Job's friends and tell, told him he needed to pray harder, or have more faith. I don't know. But uh, James, if, if there's one book of the Bible to read, go read the book of James. And that this is uh, James chapter four. It says, you lust and you have not. You kill and you desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight a war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask and miss that you may consume it upon your lusts. So sometimes when we ask for God to do something, we are, we're asking for the wrong thing. We ask because this is what we want, not because what we need. Sometimes God is not going to heal somebody. It's not his will, will to heal them. And I would say to anyone who questions whether or not God is failing or they are failing God, not having enough faith because God didn't heal something. I would I would I always like to come back to this. God has healed each and every one of us. Anytime that you get a cut or a scrape, and your body heals naturally, yeah, it's a, it's a natural thing, but it's a supernatural way that God created us such that our bodies heal themselves. And so when we grumble and say, God, you weren't good enough, you didn't heal me, we're using the breath that God breathed into our lungs to grumble and complain about the fact that god didn't do everything else that we wanted and so the fact that we're still alive and breathing is a miracle god has healed us he does heal us every time you get a cold and you get better your car doesn't fix itself that way you, you don't just park it out there put a band-aid on it and water it um god has created us in a way that is miraculous and we are also in a fallen world and some of the consequences that we deal with in this world are due to our corrupting what God created that was good. It's due to Satan corrupting what God created that was good. So we do have pain and suffering and it's unfortunate. And what I would say to that is it's hard to wrap your mind around it. And if you're going through that, it's hard to maintain faith sometimes because you don't understand what's going on behind the scenes. We don't, Job didn't know what was going on between God and Satan and all of that. We get to look back at it and it's like, oh, that makes sense. Job didn't have a clue, but he still believed in God and trusted that God was good. So ultimately, regardless of how much pain and suffering we have in the emotional side it, wondering why is this happening? Realize God created you. He created you perfect. He created you good. We're in a fallen world. There is pain and suffering. There's disease. There's things that we need to be healed from. And that's because we're in a fallen world. It's because we've corrupted what God created that was good. And so sometimes we have to deal with those consequences. So there's promises in the Bible that are positive, and there's also negative promises. If you do what is wrong, you're going to deal with the consequences. And some of us are dealing with the consequences for other people's actions, uh, pollution, different things like that, that we deal with. Um, And so I would just say it's not necessarily always, we can't always blame God for and say God didn't heal. So anyways, I don't know if if that answers the question, um, but don't, I would say no matter what, don't ever give up your faith in God. Realize God is good regardless, and that is really, for me, that's what faith is. It's no, regardless, if I don't understand, God is still good. He's sovereign. He's just, and I don't have to understand.
0: You know, along those lines, Caleb, Some uh, something that I'm reminded of, I think it's also in the book of James, it says every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the v- Father of lights, with whom there's no very shadow belief, of turning. You know, and that reminds me, if everything good in my life comes from God, then I would imagine that everything bad in my life is because of me. And I'm going to make a statement here that might sound funny, but I I, I really do live by this. No amount of faith can fix stupidity. So if I'm going to die of heart disease, it's not because God didn't answer my prayer, it's because I eat a full sleeve of Oreo cookies every night before bed. And no amount of praying is going to fix that because God has already explained how I can avoid that. If you think about it, <clears throat> I, I go over this principle with people constantly when I'm dealing with finances. <clears throat> when does a Christian pray for provision. Well, that comes as soon as the transmission goes out. (laughs) But the Christian misunderstands when God provides. God never promises his provision comes the day after the catastrophe. God's provision might have come a month ago. You got a bonus at work for $3,000, but what did you do with it? You didn't save it to be a good steward for a rainy day we immediately went on vacation and wasted all of it. And we got back from vacation and the transmission went out. Well, guess what? God did provide for that. He provided for it prior to it going out, but you immediately wasted it and now it's gone. And then we pray and say, oh God, how could you let this happen? I need you to take care of us. What are we gonna do? We need to provide, please bring some money. Well, God already did. I was stupid with that money. I wasted it. And now it's gone. And now what do I do as a Christian? I blame God. Brilliant. Anytime something bad happens in my life, I don't dare blame God. It's because of Patrick Hayes and his stupidity. And you don't have to abide by that. You you can call me an idiot. I know people do constantly. As soon as we're done here, the Facebook messaging is going to light up with people calling me a false prophet and a wolf in sheep's clothing and a false teacher, you know, and all the wonderful things that, you know, are just so helpful to all of Christendom. You know, you don't have to believe that, but I'm telling you, There is no amount of faith that can fix my stupidity and my disobedience. If I am going to completely disobey God in every area of my life, okay, there are consequences that come with that. And it is not just or righteous, or I hate to use the word, but fair to blame God for all of the stupid decisions I've made in my life and the consequences that I have to deal with because of those decisions.
1: Okay, I would say on that note, I agree, but I have seen times where I've still done stupid things and God has decided <laughs> to graciously have mercy on me and yep. still answer my prayer, even though I looked at it and I was like, God, I should have never done this. Mm-hmm. I messed up. And yet he still answered the prayers as well. So he, he can, oh, and yeah. it doesn't mean he's obligated to.
0: Correct. No, absolutely. There is no reason to ever keep from going to God in prayer. No matter how bad I have messed up, the only place the solution lies is at the feet of the Father. So I have to go to Him. Okay, Caleb, before we go, I just wanted, because of everything that's going on in the world, and I know how a lot of people, some people are scared and concerned and and they're not sure what's going on. There have been so many changes in the world recently. I wanted to read uh, seven verses from Psalm 91. And uh, before we close, would you be okay with that?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay,
0: so Psalm 91, verses one through seven. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. It just reminds me that God is in control and God has all the power. And you can literally face an army of 10,000, and if it is God's will, you will <coughs> you will persevere. Caleb, why don't you close us with prayer, and we'll be out for the evening.
1: Sounds good. Father God, we thank you. Thank you that you are still powerful. You're not any less powerful today than you were 2,000 years ago, 6,000 years ago. God, we believe that you are good and that you have us in your hands we thank you that as we look into your word that we can see over and over again where you have provided for your people you've carried out justice you've had mercy and god we just ask that you would have mercy on this nation god that as we turn to you in prayer that this nation would come to the end of ourselves that we would realize that um that you are in control and that we would allow you to be in control of our lives and as we um as we have the uncertainties of this virus and the different things that go along and we realize how insignificant we are, that we would just uh, turn to you and we would put our trust in you i ask that you would make yourself faithful to people that are on here tonight that we could look into our hearts and uh give you credit for the times that you have provided for us that you've done miracles in our lives and that our our faith would be built in you that we would look into your word i also ask that if there's ever anything that patrick or i say on any of these episodes that is not from your word god um your word is true and every man is a liar and i just want to uh, say that our our effort here is to turn people to you not to ourselves and um, just cover us in your blood and help this podcast to be something that can be a blessing to people and that um, anytime that we say something that's out of line with your truth that uh, people would be able to find that in your word and and that you would um, help them to shed that off and just be guided by your spirit we ask that you would hold your people in your hand throughout the world give your church strength give the give the people of god strength um that are dealing with persecution in third world countries and and, uh, the dark corners of the world. God, we are very blessed here. Our prayers uh, that we pray here um, sometimes if every prayer that a a persecuted Christian prayed would be answered, their life wouldn't be half as blessed as ours. And yet we still sit here and we murmur and complain because we have a hangnail or whatever our problem is or cancer, but we're still blessed. And God, we just want to thank you for that. Thank you that we live in a country where we have freedom to worship you and that we have your blessings. Thank you that uh, you've given us salvation. I just pray that each of us turn our hearts to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Well, thanks for that. And uh, everyone, have a, a great weekend. Shabbat shalom. And we will see you one week from tonight. And uh, we'll go from there. Thanks, Caleb, for your time.
1: Yeah, thank you all for your comments and, and reaching out. It's good to see you all on here tonight.